If it's happening in New York or across the globe, learn why it matters first on Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, Kevin McCullough, my next guest is a celebrity chef, and he has been a judge on Food Network's Food Truck Face-Off, founder and executive chef of the Slapfish Restaurant. Please make welcome Andrew Gruel. Hello, Andrew. Hello, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You got it. Hey, uh, Kevin McCullough, my viewers and listeners know without a doubt that I am an absolute foodie. And I know that uh, the week of Valentine's is very, very busy, so thanks for taking time out to this week to talk to us. Um, there's a lot going on in the food world, and some of it's concerning to you. I was noticing on your Twitter feed earlier today that they're actually talking about robots coming to make our meals. How is this going to happen, Chef Andrew? Well, they're replacing units of labor with robots. They can flip burgers. They can drop fryer baskets, the basic rudimentary elements of a restaurant right now. We've seen it with the kiosks where they're taking your orders and therefore removing the necessary sales team that you would have punching in your order. You call it that counter sales. And they're getting a lot more sophisticated now. So they're actually able to prep things, co-pack, do the things that are even a step beyond just kind of turning and flipping a burger. So the idea is, is that they can continue to cut down the units of labor necessary to run a restaurant. Let's say it was 20 people to run a restaurant. Maybe they cut down two units, right? That's 60 plus thousand dollars a year. Another two, another two, they get it down to five and they've cut down the labor force by 75%. Well, okay. Say it's feasible. How is the bot going to know if my steak is medium, medium rare, medium well, where's the nuance going to come from? I mean, it's one thing to teach a, to teach a joint to turn the, the thing over. It's another thing to be able to look at it, smell it, know that it's where it needs to be. Certainly. Well, I think the idea is, is that they're kind of turning food into just such a, a bland commodity, um, both literally and figuratively. So the idea is that if eventually all steaks are cut in an exact way, and all the fat and the marbling is exactly the same based upon the fact that they're now genetically modifying the meat, then the robot's going to know that it's five minutes at 350 degrees. It's going to have an infrared um, you know, thermometer. It's going to know another five minutes at this t- to hit X, mid-rare, what have you. And then they're just going to scientifically program it such that the algorithm doesn't necessarily have a, a variance or a degree of uncertainty. And we as humans, we have degrees of uncertainty, and, and uh, we're even off sometimes too. So... You know, if they say that humans miscook a steak 10 to 12 percent and robots do it 8 to 10 percent and then they change the food that they're cooking, that's the key. That's my concern is it changes the food so you don't have that nuance that you're referring to right now. Yeah. Well, okay. so as an artisan, because I would I think most chefs think of themselves as much as uh, artists as anything else. How does this strike you? What, what, What are your thoughts on the robotization of the food industry? I don't think it'll ever take over when it comes to kind of real food, fresh food, changing your menu out frequently, peppering in that artistry, if you will. I think when we when it comes to fast food, already so much of it is mechanized. We don't even realize it because much of our food is no longer prepared on site. It's all prepared off site in factories. It's par cooked. It's treated with chemicals and preservatives. You know, to bring this to to daily news, what we're seeing out in East Palestine, Ohio, and those chemicals, I don't think people realize that the chemical that they're so scared about right now, it's in a lot of our food. It's antifreeze. It's used as a preservative and the highly diluted levels. Our food is full of chemicals to begin with. um, So it's only going to make this thing more chemical laden, more, you know, uh, roboticized. 
Well, this explains why I haven't been to a fast food place in quite some time. Uh, just, yeah. you know, being candid. Um, let me shift gears a little bit. Um, and you're unusual from this standpoint. Um, a lot of chefs don't want to weigh in on the, the weightier issues sometimes of the public policy of the day. But you have some thoughts on the Biden IRS plan to crack down on wait staff, specifically trying to, um, well, kind of what they did with Venmo and PayPal, try to try to checkbox every single little tip that someone's getting in the business. Uh, your reaction? Well, these are the things that they're going to spend money on. And in the end, right, let's do the cost benefit analysis. The amount of money that they're going to gain is by, you know, penalizing these low wage workers is going to be far outweighed by the investment that they're going to put into the IRS agents that are going to have to audit and ultimately get into that granular detail. And you ask yourself, well, then what's the purpose? If it's a net loss, what's the purpose? Well, the purpose is, is that they want to grow the bureaucracy. They want to increase the size of the government, and they want to use this almost as an authoritarian arm to scare people, right? Because they come after our wallets. They're not going to have stormtroopers walking around, but these IRS agents, it's just as scary because ultimately it affects your bottom line, your life, your livelihood, food, all of that stuff. So it's absurd, number one. Number two, the corporations that they've effectively merged with the government they're not going to be getting audited. They're not getting smacked on any of this stuff. You know, once again, I go back to the East Palestine issue right now in, in Ohio and look who's behind that. Just follow the money. And are they going to get penalized? Who's going to be footing the bill for this type of these issues that we're dealing with right now? Right. The American people are sorry about that. Well, let me uh, let me and I agree with you on, on all of those things. And that's why I think less regulation is ultimately the better benefit for uh, the culture. Let me let me shift gears completely. I am a diehard food fan. If I'm at Slapfish this week, what am I ordering? What's the best thing on your menu? What are you most excited about that you're serving right now? I have to say, just as a caveat, so I sold Slapfish last year. Uh, I started a new restaurant group. It's called American Gravy Restaurant Group. Okay. And our flagship restaurant is Calico Fish House. It's a seafood chop house. So we're rolling out a Valentine's menu this whole week. I'm doing crab stuffed full lobster. I'm doing lobster caviar fries. Um, uh, you know, we're, we're doing everything from your raw dressed oysters and we're finishing. I actually just signed off right now. I bought an entire side of a five Wagyu ribeye, uh-huh. which is just marbled. It looks like a snowstorm. So I'm going to be doing that sliced thinly, just kissed on the grill and then put on top of buttered brioche toast with a little caviar on top. Uh, if you want, you know, I'll lace it with some lobster sauce and there's your serpent turk. <laughs> oh man. Chef, please come back and talk to us again sometime. You, you just made it rain in my mouth, and that's, that's oh, that's, wow, that sounds really good. Best wishes. Well, Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I you appreciate it. it. Kevin McCullough, coming right back. Don't go away.